So some 50 Taiwan lawmakers from across party lines have created a group for promoting exchanges between the Taiwan and French legislatures. The group's launch ceremony was attended on Tuesday by France's representative to Taiwan, Jean-Francois Casabon Massonave. The diplomat said he looked forward to closer cooperation between Taiwan and France in the defense of democracy and human rights. France's representative holds up a Taiwan-style macaron at the founding ceremony of the Taiwan-France Interparliamentary Amity Association. The group comprises more than 50 lawmakers from across party lines and is led by DPP lawmaker Tsai Shiying. Originally, we had made arrangements to visit France, but we've had to shelve those plans. We hope that next year we'll be able to formally commence exchanges between Taiwanese and French lawmakers. We must defend democracy and human rights at any time they are under threat and work together to strengthen them. French parliament members are looking forward to coming to Taiwan on official visits when the circumstances allow it. Lawmaker exchanges and official visits could start as early as next year. Taiwan's representative to France, Wu Zhizhong, and the head of France's France-Taiwan Parliamentary Friendship Association, François de Rougy, say they were looking forward to the sharing of experiences on the front of democracy and public health. Taiwan has been very successful at managing COVID through democratic mechanisms. That has marked an extremely positive development in the French Parliament's perception of Taiwan. I hope that our political exchanges will also serve to improve the development of economic exchanges between France, the EU and Taiwan. The head of the French Parliament's Friendship Group for Taiwan spoke at the event in a pre-recorded message. Lawmakers of both countries say they look forward to starting official exchanges once the pandemic is brought to a close. Nicaragua's new ambassador to Taiwan, Myrna Mariela Rivera Andino, presented her diplomatic credentials at the presidential office on Monday. In her speech, the 24-year-old ambassador said she had been a beneficiary of the Ministry of Foreign Affairs Taiwan Scholarship. Rivera said she hoped to continue furthering the close friendship between Taiwan and Nicaragua. President Tsai Ing-wen welcomed the ambassador and thanked Nicaragua for speaking up for Taiwan at the United Nations uh, General Assembly last month. Nicaragua's new ambassador to Taiwan presented her diplomatic credentials at the presidential office on Monday. The appointment has drawn lots of attention online due to her young age. She's also a graduate of Mingchun University, a fact the president remarked on. Ambassador Rivera previously studied here on a Taiwan scholarship and graduated from Mingchun University. I was also delighted to hear you say that Taiwan is your second home and that you miss Taiwanese foods. The chicken fillets and steamed dumplings that you like so much are also favorites among Taiwanese. As a previous recipient of the MOFA scholarship, I am the result of the long and friendly relationship between Taiwan and Nicaragua, of a diplomatic relationship that values cultural and educational exchanges. Because of this, I am doubly committed and honored to be here today. Tsai said that despite the challenges brought by COVID-19, Taiwan and Nicaragua have maintained a close relationship. Nicaraguan imports to Taiwan, including white leg shrimp and sea cucumber, grew substantially between January and August. Earlier this month, the two countries also signed an International Express Mail Service Agreement. Starting next month, International Express Mail and packages between the two countries will be delivered more quickly and at lower cost. Tsai also thanked Nicaragua for speaking up for Taiwan at the UN General Assembly last month. 
I would like to take this opportunity to thank Nicaragua for speaking up on Taiwan's behalf at this year's United Nations General Assembly. We look forward to continuing our mutual support on the international stage. As my president, Commander Daniel Ortega, expressed in your visit to Nicaragua in 2017, you are assisted to him. For Nicaragua, Taiwan is not just an ally, but a friend. Rivera conveyed regards from the Nicaraguan president. She said Nicaragua hoped to further its mutually beneficial friendship with Taiwan. This November, Taiwan will unveil green energy requirements and incentives for the country's largest users of electricity. Ahead of the government scheme, the Taiwan Renewable Energy Alliance and other NGOs released a sustainability report on 15 major power users. TSMC was on the list and it was the top performer in green energy planning. The chipmaker has its own measures in place for limiting power use. It's also a major purchaser of carbon credits and has long-term targets for for corporate sustainability. Meanwhile, three companies supplied no information at all on their green initiatives. Other firms were more transparent but showed lots of room for improvement with renewable sources accounting for less than 0.05% of total power use. In 2009, Tangan University in Taoyuan established a research center dedicated to the study of viruses. This year, the Research Center for Emerging Viral Infections has found itself on the front line of the global fight against COVID-19. Over the past few months, uh, university researchers have worked tirelessly to provide pathogen identification and other lab support crucial to containing the virus. In collaboration with other research units, they're also develop, uh, developing prevention and treatment strategies that bring the pandemic to an earlier end. Dr. Shi Xing Ru is here with a researcher discussing the results of a virus antibody test. Dr. Shi has worked as a virologist specializing in enterovirus and influenza for more than 20 years. When COVID-19 broke out, she didn't miss a beat, leading her graduate students on a fight against the epidemic. Here we can see that the ones closer to the source are cases from earlier on. They're people with a travel history to Wuhan. The Research Center for Emerging Viral Infections conducted a comprehensive analysis of local data using an international public access COVID database. Researchers were able to track the global evolutionary trajectories of the virus. And by drilling down on domestic cases, they are finding ways to suppress the development of the virus. I'll often talk about this with my students. That is, I'll say, this work we're doing, what's the ultimate goal of it all? It's to resolve the pandemic, to help patients get better. I feel that this is a better North Star to look toward, as opposed to wanting to win first place or to publish a great dissertation or perhaps even to cash in on an expensive technology transfer. With her patient-centric approach, Dr. Shi is researching the potential of traditional Chinese herbs and medicines as a more affordable defense against viral invasion. With regard to that research, we're looking for a so-called medicine for the poor. What we call antibody drugs or the newly developed therapy remdesivir are extremely expensive. In Central and South America and in Africa, how can people afford such medicines? So we're resolved to pursue this path. And it's educational. That is, students are very motivated to do this. Of course, this work may not be profitable, but it doesn't matter. 
This is one of those very important responsibilities that come up in life, this COVID-19. We hope that the products can in fact be used on patients and we need to work with industrial partners. Perhaps our students and faculty can start up a business to get these good products out there. So that is what we are currently doing. Employees at tech companies are expecting big bonuses amid a boom in the sector. An internet user who says um, he worked for Quanta for less than three and a half years ex expects a bonus worth 4.5 months of salary. An expert says Quanta has benefited from the pandemic and revenues have been boosted amid a surge in orders for laptops and servers. Let's hear from a financial analyst. This year, laptops have done quite well. So the company's bonuses this year are quite good in comparison with recent years. If you look at the overall market this year, according to estimates from our team, profits for big electronics firms have climbed to 139.6 billion NT. Analysts say demand for laptops has soared amid the pandemic and the launch of 5G networks. They say tech employees can look forward to getting hefty bonuses right now and later in the Lunar New Year next February. Amid the global race for a COVID vaccine, Taiwan's Food and Drug Administration has announced its requirements for emergency use authorization. To be authorized for emergency use on medical personnel, a candidate must pass a phase two trial on at least 3,000 people, with safety monitoring for adverse effects in place for one month after immunization. If these conditions are met, the vaccine maker will be allowed to produce up to one million doses for use on medical personnel. Market certification will be granted only after the candidate clears a phase three trial. There are currently three Taiwan companies with experimental vaccines in phase one trials. They are Adimmune, Medigen Vaccine Biologics, and United Biomedical. All three companies expect to wrap up phase one tests in November and to apply for phase two trials in December. If the trials proceed smoothly, the first vaccines could be available as early as the second quarter of 2021. Taiwan's construction industry has a long-term uh, long shortage of skilled workers, and unions say that, that highlights the poor and dangerous working conditions endured by laborers. The shortage has sometimes been plugged by migrant workers, but with foreign citizens currently barred from the entry to the country, this, the industry is struggling to attract local workers. Foundation works. This worker hoists a steel pipe into the air with an excavator. But as Taiwan's basic industries suffer a labor shortage, construction is in a tight spot. Some construction firms offer attractive monthly salaries of 60,000 NT or even 80,000 NT, yet still struggle to woo skilled workers. In the market, it's hard to find skilled workers because highly educated people are not willing to do this kind of hard manual work. The typical market rate for a skilled construction worker is between 2,500 NT and 3,500 NT a day. Painters can fetch 2,800, carpenters 32,000 NT, and electric welders 7,000 NT. Over a working month of 20 days, the average skilled worker can bring home 70,000 NT, or an electric welder 140,000 NT, a very high salary by Taiwanese standards. But still, construction firms complain that it can take two months to find the workers needed for a project. Unions say poor working conditions are the long-term cause of the shortage. The incidence of workplace fatalities in the construction sector is extremely serious. 
On average, a worker is killed on the job once every 2.71 days. I think this problem is a problem with the whole environment. That leads many people who may have the skills to be unwilling to enter the sector. The shortage has been exacerbated by the coronavirus, with foreign laborers currently unable to enter Taiwan. That means the real estate boom is looking to Taiwanese citizens for labor, but locals are concerned about workplace rights and safety as well as pay. A possible mechanism linking strokes and dementia has been uncovered by researchers at the National Health Research Institutes. Scientists have found that levels of an enzyme known as DAO or D-amino acid oxidase seem to predict dementia risk. And they say, Celia, the discovery could lead to medical breakthroughs in the future, which is great news. Let's take a look. U.S. President Franklin Roosevelt and the first female British Prime Minister Margaret Thatcher both suffered from strokes and vascular dementia. But do the former cause the latter? Doctors have never had clear biological markers. But now NHRI says it has discovered a key indicator of dementia risk. You can measure the D-amino acid oxidase in the surrounding blood. We found that after a stroke, the DAO is markedly increased, especially in patients with dementia. DAO is an enzyme found throughout the central nervous system. The new research suggests that after a stroke, patients with dementia have 1.5 times as much DAO in their blood as those who have never had dementia. This is probably the first biological indicator that has been published. Of course, if in the future there are drugs that can be used to treat it, then it could be used as a therapeutic target. It increases the burden of oxidization, causing an inflammatory reaction. So it speeds up the damage that is already occurring to the nerves. DAO levels can be tested through a blood test. NHRI is the first institute in the world to point to the link between DAO, strokes and dementia. Doctors hope this could lead to better preventative treatments and medicines. So every year, the Dihua Commercial District throws a party to celebrate traditional Chinese herbal medicine. This year's um, herbal party will be at a century-old bar reopened just for the occasion. From October 30th to December 13th, 11 traditional Chinese medicine stores will show off their ingredients in creative snacks, teas and cocktails. Let's see what they've come up with. What comes to your mind when you hear Da Dao Chen? Perhaps it's Dihua Street. Da Dao Chen is actually also known for its Chinese herbal medicines and dried goods. Local business owners are creating innovative dishes to allow patrons to experience dried goods and our Chinese herbal medicines in a new way. The bartender creates a drink infused with fruits, sandalwood, common rue, and ginger. The annual Da Dao Chen Herbal Party is being held for its fourth year under the theme Spice Your Life. As before, the party will showcase traditional Chinese medicine ingredients through innovative food and drinks. The is kind of is kind of ginger. It's very common to see in uh, Da Dao Chen. It's take, uh, it's take a little bit sweet and because we use the ginger to uh, make it to the syrup and have the tea flavor. Yeah, and uh, it's very different from uh, in normal bar you have drink. There's also this drink, gin combined with muscat grape, aloe vera, cream, banana, camel, and quickseed. There's a one-bite baguette slice topped with mullet roe. 
It's paired with organic apples and Ferrero Rocher custard sauce. For people from the younger generation, traditional Chinese medicine ingredients and dried food may be hard to understand or get into. So we've invented an easy point of access. 11 traditional Chinese medicine vendors on Dihua Street will be participating. They have incorporated the traditional Chinese herbal medicines and dried goods in snacks, desserts, and cocktails. Organizers hope the event can help revitalize the traditional Chinese medicine sector by changing the younger set's hearts and minds. Traditional Chinese medicine is not old. Some young people have the impression that it's time-consuming to prepare. You have to fry and cook it, or that it's very bitter. It's not tasty and it's very troublesome. These perceptions aren't necessarily true. The event will be held Friday, Saturday and Sunday evenings at what was once a bar. All Beauty was opened nearly 100 years ago as the neighborhood's first watering hole. Party guests can make their own herbal candles and scent bags while learning about the fascinating history of Da Dao Chen. For most of the news, Stephanie Yang, Zhang Tingxiang in Taipei. October 27th is the World Day for Audiovisual Heritage. That's a day designed by the United Nations for celebrating the importance of audiovisual documents. Here in Taiwan, the Taiwan Film Institute marked the occasion with a screening of the 1965 action film Tarzan and the Treasure. It's a story about a Taiwanese man looking for treasure deep in the Malaya Mountains. He gets a little help from a mysterious man of the jungle named Tarzan who speaks perfect Taiwanese. It took a full year for the Taiwan Film Institute to digitally remaster this black-and-white classic for future generations to enjoy. So the mulberry leaf, part of the silk production process or a tasty snack? Soon it could be both. Food researchers in Miaoli have come up with a new topping for your favorite dishes, mulberry floss. Although silkworms love to munch on mulberry leaf, it has never been seen in supermarkets before. But scientists say its Moorish seaweedy flavor and health benefits make it an obvious choice. Trays of mulberry leaves go into the oven for a low heat roasting and come out crisp and crunchy. Ground up, they're mixed with pork floss or veggie floss to make mulberry floss. How long to blanch and how long to roast the leaves and at what temperature? These are the most vital skills. They depend on the product that's coming out at the end, the nutritional value of the mulberry leaves, whether its full flavor is there, whether it will produce a seaweedy flavor and its crunchiness. This is the first time that mulberry leaves have been made into a food product with really excellent skills in Taiwan. The unexpected seaweed-like taste of the roasted mulberry leaves was discovered by accident as a mulberry tea was being developed by Miaoli Agricultural Research and Extension Station. After many trials, they produced this mulberry floss, which has that crispy seaweedy flavor in full force and 2.0 times as much dietary fiber as the popular seaweed floss. Of course, there's a secret ingredient too. These little red gems are goji berries, and they add a fruity flavor. Developers say the floss is low in sugar, sodium, and iodine, and good for patients with thyroid hypertension or high blood pressure, lipids, or sugar. The low heat roasting preserves the carbohydrates, polyphenols, and amino acids in the leaves. We hope that as well as feeding mulberry leaves to animals, we can develop other uses. Then farmers will want to plant mulberry trees. The more land is planted with mulberry, the more the whole production of the land will be revitalized. Mulberry was once a snack only for the silkworm, but soon it could be sitting in supermarkets across Taiwan. Ecologists say that planting more mulberry will be a boon for the land, and if it tastes this good, who can complain? <laughs>